This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So... The only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the latest edition of Forever Bristol City Podcast, where we're reviewing Saturday's 2-1 home reverse against the champions Burnley. Uh, it ended City's unbeaten start to 2023 at home at least. Doesn't look good in league form, though. 11 games since the Man City game. 1-2, drawn three, lost six. That's nine points out of 33. Not great, but it won a bad performance yesterday. Joining me to... Uh, Agree or disagree with that sentiment, our regulars, uh, Ian and uh, Neil. I'll start with you, uh, Neil. Uh, 30 seconds. How did you feel walking away from Ashton Gate yesterday? Happy with the second half performance. I thought the first half performance was a bit abject, really. We didn't lay a glove on them. I thought we were passive to them. A number of individuals physically, mentally kind of weren't up to the task on the day. I'm sure we'll get through to individuals in relation later on. Second half, a lot better. It, that is basically down to the treble sub- substitution. Ten minutes in. Ten minutes in, you know, he was warming them up on, on 50 minutes. So he gave it five minutes. He didn't get the reaction and he had to make that substitution. A number of individuals did not have their best game yesterday. Mm, OK. Um, Ian, your thoughts in similar vein? 30 seconds. Very disappointed first half. <clears throat> I think he got the selection wrong. I was very disappointed not to see Callas start. How are you going to check if he's okay uh, or going to be fit? What's he going to get? He must start at, at QPR. Disappointed not to see Mametti in the squad. Uh, hopefully he'll feature at QPR. Naismith isn't a centre-back. And uh, he corrected it after 60 minutes, as he, as he has a wont to. And the second half was far better. But the real difference in quality... Once again, was our was the shooting. We had less shots, and we had one shot on target in ninety minutes. Yeah, not not good enough. But Neil, he stuck, kept kept he Nigel Pearson kept the faith with a side that uh, I say struggled to beat Rotherham. I didn't see that game, so I can't really comment. I'm just picking up on uh, uh, other things that I've read. Are you are you surprised as Ian said that there wasn't maybe a start for? 
Mikel Asen, should we read anything to Mametti? You know, our maverick player not making the 18. He tried to justify it with a comment before the game that is just, you know, what did you think? I agree with uh, Ian in re- in regards to to Naismith. I mean, Naismith seems to me better at uh, in in the centre midfield. We miss that passing through the actual phases that we get with him in the centre back. I'm not sure Callas is fit enough to start the game, but he's on the bench. I don't understand why. An obvious thing for me, sixty minutes in, so the substitutions are fifty five minutes. He's made it an obvious substitution later on. Bring Callas in, put him at the back, put Naismith into midfield. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then you see where you go from there. But I don't know. They, they, he's he's given Cornick every chance, isn't he? Mm. Really, the performances aren't quite there with Cornick, and I, we've done him to death. But he's given him every opportunity. But he was abject yesterday, and I don't think Tanner had a particularly great game. We were a lot better with Sykes at right back, and I never thought. I'd say so. Well, he had some energy, he had some drive, he, he got involved in all the rest of it in a way that... Well, that's why we were better for the last 40 minutes. Tanner looked leggy, to be honest. Well, Tanner, in, in his mind, he's, he's a bit risk-averse, isn't he? Yeah. You know, there were times in the first half where we're halfway into their... In in their half... And he and stops. He, and he threw... No, 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 throw him, sorry. I didn't qualify that. Halfway, you know, we're rather than forward facing, he's looking back the whole time, throwing back to to Zach Viner in our own half. Yeah. And you're like, well, then you're having to do the reset again. Yeah. You know, so I think he was wary of making mistakes yesterday, yeah. Tanner, and he got caught a little bit in this in this role of mm. yeah. That similar similar with Robert. Yeah. I, Ian, um the, the, the we talk about starting lineup with you in a second, but um, we did a guard of honour, which was deemed as class by the Burnley fans. They didn't get the same reaction at, uh, at Ewood Park. But then again, neither would City if they won whatever league, <laughs> in the unlikely event that we'd ever be in the same league again. <laughs> uh, do you think that was a good good show, giving them a guard of honour as they came out? And there was a couple of comments on Otib that did make me laugh that I'm not going to repeat on here. But it, uh, <laughs> a phrase... C and S was used, and I didn't disagree with that either. What do you think? I think it was a class thing to do. I think it was an adult thing to do. Um, and I like the way that uh, the uh, crowd applauded Josh Brownell. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's what differentiates uh, a club that's progressing to, in the modern era and going forward from someone that's stuck in the dark ages. So... I'll uh, I'll go along with that. And uh, Josh didn't do us any harm. Yes, he left the club. He earned us an awful lot of profit when he did. And um, he was a great servant while he was here, including in Lee Johnson's first um, first full season, helping us narrowly avoid relegation. Remember the goal? It was it him that scored it, uh, Brighton from Matty yeah. Cross. Yeah. So you know, let's let's thank. The players for that and it's great when you see an ex-player come back and get a good reception who deserves it you wouldn't get nicky maynard wouldn't get that but if bradley Orr came back he always got a good reception um and uh josh brownell will be the same and i'm sure alex scott will be the same if he does move on so well, yeah i like that very much we'll talk about alex uh in a minute uh it's just sticking on in mametti not in the not in the um not in the 18 
Yeah, I mean, we did use five subs yesterday, but, you know, do you think he could feel himself unlucky at not being in there? I think he'd feel himself extremely unlucky at not being in there. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. If if I'm any of those forward players and Cornick's in the starting 11 in, in front of me, I'm not going to be happy because he's not playing well enough. Right. And he's moving into that role of the manager's favourite who plays whether he's any good or not. And and he needs to improve his physical fitness and his strength uh, uh, and his pace by 30%. Because in his head, there's a footballer. Right? He's got a good football brain. He can see a pass, but he, at the moment, he can't execute. And when you can't execute, everything becomes a frustration. And the reason that Tanner isn't as good is because he hasn't got Sykes in front of him. And... Mm-hmm. Those two as a combination are our, in that formation are our best right-sided combination. So why mess with it? No, you're right. You're right. I was on the Burnley podcast this week and it was very difficult talking for three minutes about City without somebody doing it on a Q&A. You try doing that. I'm sure you could. But if I said to you, Neil, sum up the season in three minutes, to keep going for three minutes. Anyway, the point I'm getting at there uh, that I was saying with... Um, with the players that we've got, that the manager, you know, he's signed the players, yeah? You really think he's got to play them. And with Cornick, yeah, yeah, he has had immense number of chances, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. other players that he signed, he does, appears to have left out, which is Kane Wilson, who's in the land of the banished, and maybe Mameti as well. But he wanted the Maverick, yeah? And we've left the Maverick, we've left the Maverick out. Uh, out of the total 18. Anyway, I'm waffling. Um, Getting into the game, 33 minutes on the clock, I applauded the goal that that guy, was it, is it Manuel or is it Manuel Robson? What's his name? Benson. Benson. Manuel Benson. I've written down Manuel. That's his Christian name. Benson. Uh, 13 goals, I think, this season from right wing back. He's everything that we hope that Kane Wilson was going to be, Yeah. Um, but when you look at that from the low-level angle, uh, Neil, I'll come to you first on that. Great strike. But looking at that from the low-level angle, they didn't, we didn't lay a glove on him. There was three players there. And Scott almost stepped, not a criticism of Scott, but Bell was sort of running alongside him. Scott almost stepped back. It was a great strike, but <laughs> we made it easy for him, didn't we? Well, Benson... The two games before, that's the third game in a row, Dave, he's actually scored exactly the same goal. Right. If you go back to those previous two games, he's scored exactly the same. You know what's going to happen with him. If he comes inside like that, he's a, obviously a left-footed player playing on the right wing. He's going to cut inside. There was three of our players next to him. Yes. And not one person's trying to slide him. If that was Callas there, he's going, exactly. head, he's he's going, he's yeah. going head first in to try and block the shot mm. or something like that on the floor, isn't he? You know, there's people going to who, throw, who was throw the third them. one? Because I said Bell and Scott stood back. It there wasn't was Pring. Pring. Was Pring? Yeah, yeah. So it's Pring, Bell, and then Scott coming in from the side. Yeah, and kept... Scott yesterday. We'll we'll get to Scott in due course. But yesterday it was symptomatic of our first half performance. I thought. I thought we stood off them. We gave them far too much um, praise, respect, respect. Thank you respect in terms terms of it yesterday that first half it was like we got to half time and all of us in e32 over in the dom were just like look if we're playing the championship and 
last home game of the season. Let's do it. Give the fans something. Let, let, let's do it with a bit of a different attitude in yeah. the second half. But it's because often, at the moment, it's far too respectful. We're standing off them. Yeah. They could have been four or five nil up yeah. in the first Well, it half. looked like we were playing a premiership side. It was, we made them look good yeah. yesterday, didn't we? We made them look good. But, but you, you play, and okay, it was different in the second half, but you play in a manner that you want to encourage the fans to buy the season tickets, which was being rammed down our throats because mm-hmm. somebody put on OTIB, there's a thread saying a scoreboard, you kept seeing well, the that... advert for season tickets. But let me ask Ian about the goal. Yeah, yeah. Ian, what did, what did you think about the goal? Neil's been pretty scathing of uh, the attempts to stop him. And if we're doing our scouting or our, our, our opposition review, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see um, uh, that, Benson scores goals like that. So what what do we do wrong? That's pretty obvious, really. Isn't it? What we did wrong was defend badly. So the move starts with Campering falling on his backside, which he did a lot in the first half, and where he changes studs at halftime. Um, and the ball gets gets played around, it goes out to Benson. Now, previously they kept him on his right foot, where he can still do some damage, but not as much as he can with his left. So he decides he's going to cut inside. Matty James shoves Sam Bell out the way. Alex Scott doesn't come in tight enough to close, and he gets his and he gets his shot away. So it, it's a fabulous strike, but very, very, very predictable and very poor defending, as I said at the time. So people are saying, well, saying to me, well, yeah, but you, you're saying it wasn't a great goal. No, it was a great strike. But he's got that's exactly where he wants to be. So you keep him, whatever you do, you keep him on his on his right foot where he will do less damage. So totally predictable and really bad defending from the three of them. James Bell, uh Bell really isn't a defender, and neither neither Scotty. But Scotty should have come in much tighter. And if he'd have come in tighter by a yard, then which he could easily have done, then Benson would have run straight into it. Yeah. There's I no think that's the key thing. I think that's no way he'd have got the shot away. But he almost took two, a step back. I say, if anybody, no, no, hang on, wait a minute. The other two were equally at fault for showing in onto his left foot. Yeah, you don't do that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'd say both great strike or defending. Yeah, okay. Well, into the uh second half because there's plenty to talk about other than the game itself. And those three substitutions uh were made very, very early on. Vyman for. Well, Vyman, uh, Vyman Williams and uh, Sykes coming on, Tanner going off. And I thought Sykes played very well at right back. He yeah. showed an aggression, tackling, yeah. ability to go forward in a way that Tanner doesn't. And if he played like that every week in that role, you would have him ahead, in my opinion, which does really mean it's bye-bye Kane Wilson. Um, King... Obviously, his legs have gone, but he's been effective in the time he's been back. I thought Joe Williams showed a lot of energy he, that he was. And Andy Vyman, I'm not his biggest fan, despite last season. I at humble pie about that being, you know, what a great season he had. But he did make a difference when he came on. And Neil, the, the goal, the equalising goal, which came on the hour, it was thoroughly deserved. I saw something from Andy Vyman that I've not seen in great proportions. And that was a bit of controlled possession where instead of slashing at the ball, he controlled it and laid it into the path of Tommy. Was that goal nine or ten? No, it's twelve. Is it? Is he up in? Is he up that high? Anyway, yeah, yeah, he's got, it was. He's got, it was. He's got, it, it, he's, he's scored um, against Reading, Rotherham, 
Oh, there we go. And uh, and yesterday, it's eleven. Which I think he's got nine or nine or ten in the league. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, but it was we 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 thoroughly deserved that, and it was a an accomplished finish by him, wasn't it? When you say we thoroughly deserved, <laughs> you mean that was our only shot on target? No, but we got we played oh, ourselves right. back. We played ourselves back. He, he, he came on, and the moment he came back on, it was like the you know the Duracell bunny was on the pitch, wasn't it? Yeah. You know there was an energy in a drive straight away with Andy yesterday when he played him down the middle, and he he obviously Pearson had said to him, "I want you down the middle." Just the press was on. And the first 20 minutes, we did the press quite well on them, didn't we? Actually, mm. that you know, defensively, they were a little bit shaky and all the rest of it. And then we sort of it went to pot somewhat in the, the same press way. Went that the, to first, pot. the whole team went to pot for, yeah. for long periods in that first half. But second half, they came on, and I think he just said to the three of them that are coming on, for Christ's sake, what I need from you is energy, pressing, physicality. And all three of them bought that. Now, Williams is passing and all the rest of it. The aimless clipping, clipping the balls into the box. And looking at, there was that short corner in the second half when Naki played it short to him. He's like, oh, great. And nobody picked up. And he didn't even get it past the first man and stuff like that. Yeah. Williams is frustrating, but he does bring that energy yeah. in the middle of the park that we were missing yesterday and ability to actually get on the front foot a little bit more. But yeah, Byman... As you say, with the goal, great and great finish by Tommy. But he had that chance in the second half as well, didn't he? When he was breaking through the middle he and he slashed yeah. it again. Uh, he, went back, talk, he went back to form. And we talk about we talk about the uh, we talk about the, uh, um, the, the 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 goal he had disallowed as well. But Ian, uh, the goal on the hour one one. I, I mean, I thought overall on the balance of play, despite their dominance and their eventual uh, victory, but over I, I thought we were worthy of a point on the day. Would you agree with that, Ian? Based on yeah, I think we were based on second half performance, but mm-hmm. every it, it demonstrated everything that was wrong with our this currently wrong with our game, and that Pearson's got a correct. Pearson and the coaches have got a correct. Yeah, you frozen a bit there, Ian. It's unusual. Over the summer, the only way they'll correct a lot of it is with signings and. He alluded to it, it's about winning football matches. Um, and uh, yeah, sorry if it's a little bit, a uh, little bit buggy. Zane, is that better now? Is yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, you're frozen again. You're moving now. Carry on talking, Ian. Go on. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll carry on. Let me know if I'm, uh, yeah. Um, he, he said it's it's about winning football matches, and next season it is about winning football matches and getting and challenging for the playoffs all season. Hence, well, hands down, alluding to what Coventry. Yeah, we're done, and this falls exactly in line with what Tinian was saying um, at the senior Reds meeting about uh, uh, about how we need to emulate Coventry, Luton, Preston. In other words, clubs with small budgets that one would say are overachieving, but that's going to be even more difficult next season when you look at who's coming up and who's, who's coming, coming down. over, who's coming down. All right. And Neil, um, the, the Burnley were all, I thought Josh Brownell looked good for them. He looked every inch, the player that they signed from us to play at the higher level. Uh, they hit the bar, was a cracking shot. I think Max got a finger to it, but... Yeah. 
what proved to be the winning goal. I mean, Jay Rodriguez, he used to be a lively player when he played for uh, West Brom. But yeah. dear, oh dear, oh dear. You know, I mean, Scott has been a bit light on assists this season, but that was a worldy pass that he did uh, that got intercepted. He was trying to play it across the back line. Was it Ashley Barnes he knocked it to or somebody? No, it was the ball uh, through. Scott Twine. Scott Twine, was it? That's the MK Don's player That's that right, yeah. hasn't really featured much for them and will feature even less, you would think, next season. Yeah, he scored a lot of goals. Yeah. But, I mean, it was, a, it was a good finish from a Premier League striker, but an avoidable goal, wasn't it? Because our starlet, he screwed up there, didn't well, he? It's... When, you, when he's down there, he looked 19-year-old, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it was like... It was like watching junior football. Mm. It was over my side of the pitch rather yeah. than yours. And it was right in front. And he's going through, he's going through, he's going through. And you, you think, if you go back to when you're 13, 14 and you're on that pitch, what, what's the one thing you don't try and do? You don't pay across no. your penalty box. No. You, you know, he was trying to hit a ball over about three or four players. Yeah. And when he did it, and it was just like... But it was symptomatic of his day. I know we'll get to him. Yeah. But it was symptomatic of his day. And and he played that. Scott Twine knocked it down. For me, being uber critical, it's one of those saves again. If yeah, you, you texted me it, during the game and said... If, if you look at it, and I was directly in line with it... Match I got I, well, I'm not saying it was saveable. He went over... He dived over the top of it. Mm. And not to get a hand on it again... It's just one of those differentials in that situation. Say, you didn't see the Rotherham game, Dave, but in the Rotherham game, uh, there was a chance at 1-0 when uh, Conway went through. Yeah. And all he needed to do is like slip it in the corner and he took it, took it down, had all the time, looked up and blasted it with his left foot. And Johansson, who's a good keeper for Rotherham, made a great save there. The difference at this level between... Mm. average keeper and a really good keeper was kind of shown up in that moment with Rodriguez shot for me. You know, a really good keeper, I think, would have got a hand on that at the very least. Mm. And Max got nowhere near it. Okay. And there's a little bit like that going in with Max over the course of the last couple of months. You know, goals that have been given saves that should have... Perhaps mm. sort of have, his save percentage has dropped. But he saved a couple with his feet in the first half. He did, he did okay. He's a bit like he's a bit in and out, isn't he? Ian, yeah. I mean, you you were watching it uh, from abroad on screen rather than on the day there and watching it from a good angle. Savable goal in your view? Um. Well, Rodriguez should score. Uh, the horrendous error that Alex Scott made, like I said, because he's got all little men running around in his head, um, is, it, it, it's just opened opened it up. Rodriguez is, is a decent striker. He's past his best, but he's, he's plenty good enough at this level. The sort of player we lack up front, physical presence. Well, he's a, he's a faster Chris Martin, isn't he? Because he's yes. got similar build, hasn't he? Yes. And, well, he's taller than Chris and, and I, I think possibly stronger. But yes, and and he, um, I think, it was a decent finish. I, I should have O'Leary got a hand to it, not from what I could see, because he also he was quite clever that he hit it early, he didn't get too close, so he had a good angle. But once you you let a player in who's got Premier League experience, and you let a player in like that, you're in trouble. Mm. And it, it it 
Nope, you're going choppy again. Where is he at the moment? He he's over. He's over in Madeira. I mean, uh, it, well, while Ian's frozen there, let you and I carry on there. Yeah. Talking, uh, Neil. Uh, it, 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 well, Ian, you're getting it, a bit choppy there, what, mate. What we yeah. We're, we're, unless we beat QPR, it will equal this something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on yeah. That I, I'm, it's all right. I'm back again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got we got the tail end of what you said there, Ian, which was unless we beat QPR or even draw against them, we're going to be one point better off than last season. Um, let me come to Neil. Uh, we had the chance, well, not we had the chance to get an equaliser. We had the ball in the back of the net. It was a cracking goal. Vyman's header disallowed because Naki had done an unnecessary little push on the on their guy. He's he's a, a niggly little five foot seven striker, isn't he, Naki? Yeah. When when you watch him, the way he backs into players and the way he gets it. When he's playing him down the middle, he's got to have that sort of edge to him. And he's he generally he's really good at it. Mm. Actually, for a small forward playing down the middle against six foot four, four mm. big brutes or whatever. He's very clever and won't do that. I have to admit, normally when I celebrate a goal, I always look at the linesman or I mm. always look, you know, before you make a fool of yourself and you jump up and celebrate. Yeah. Pretty much everybody in E32 went up and they thought that was the equaliser. Yeah, no. But and I didn't see, the I haven't seen the extended highlights on it, and I'll have to do it, but no doubt he probably did do it because that's the time. He just went in and did knocked he? him over, yeah. And I could did see he? that as down the far because end. It, it, but I knew it'd be, I, I jumped up, yeah, but it was more in hope than expectation because I, I'm gonna say I saw the linesman's flag, but I saw a player go down and he came running in like a train and headed did it, it. Did the linesman flag? No, uh, maybe. Well, the ref, it, the ref just gave I, it. I don't know. I don't know. But look, it, it looked was, like he, he either he either pushed him. Or he, or they, or he ran into the back of him uh, accidentally. He might have been looking at the ball and ran into him, but it is the referee decided it was a push, so goal disallowed. Yeah, I was worried about that ref when I read that he'd done ninety six yellow cards and five reds this season. But I have to say that Cam, Cam Pring got away with the most yellow card offence you could ever in wish to see half. in the first half, right in front of dugouts, where he took the blokes out. And let's talk a little bit about campering because I know Ian, you said he was on his ass a few times, but I tweeted and I've had about a dozen people like that tweet. I put on the first half with his energy and he put the afterburners on and went after one bloke on one occasion and well and truly got stuck in there. But with his energy and some of his, um, by energy, I mean bursting forward and stuff like that, he looked more than a 20 pound, 20 pound, 20, pounds. 20, 20 million pound. Player, I mean, you know, he's got to be—he's got to be the first choice starter in that position here next season, hasn't he? At left back, assuming we're going to stick with a four. Yeah, he's got to be. And if if we play if we play the three, he's still got to be the left wing back. Um, he's probably the best crosser at the club. You'd have to say it's probably out of him in Naki Wales. Mm. Um, uh, in terms of being able to cross the ball. Um, and that could be the spanner that gets thrown in the works late on. Let's say someone came in with a substantial bid for him. Would the club accept it? I hope they wouldn't, 
if Scott's already moved on for decent money, bearing in mind we've already flogged Semenyo, and if Bournemouth stay up, we get another 1.5 million quid or whatever it is. So please, please God, but I was championing Campering for two seasons before before he came in because I, I'd seen him play for the under-21s a few times and he was a cracking player. Um, and I couldn't understand why he couldn't get in the side because he looked physical. He was running, when I saw him play for the under-21s at the gate once, he was running 50, 60-yard doggies all game up and down that line like Beckham used to for Man United. And he can cross the ball. So I really yeah. didn't get this. Oh, let's loan him out and keep Jada Silva going up the line. I think, but that well, was Jada Silva never did go down. Jada Silva never did go down the line with the pace and the acceleration. And I have well, to say... Jay can't Jay can't cross the ball. We know that. We know he's a good defender. We know he's a good footballer. We know his first touches is probably as good as anybody at the club. But he can't cross the ball, and he doesn't score goals. So there, there you have his um, what they call it biography. Yeah, something like that. He can't, he can't, Jay can't actually cross on the run, can he? Yeah. That's that's a big thing for me. If you're going to no. be a wide player, you need to be crossing on the run with momentum and get that whip on. Yeah. Jay always likes to stop, take another touch, take it inside and everything. He needs to be stopped to actually cross the ball, which just loses all the momentum. Well, I mean, Tommy Conway's goal against Rotherham sum, sums up what Campering gives you and what Jay doesn't. And that's not to say I like Jay as a player. Yeah. Uh, he can't help being short. Um, no more than I can. So uh, I often wonder with Jay De Silva, if you had him in the center, say center midfielder, and I'm not saying here he's a center midfielder, but technically he is one of you, and you're quite right in his first touch and his ability to sort of move the ball and all the rest of it. If you had him in the center, I think he would look better than outside. I don't think defensively he's that great. And I don't think going forward he's that great. I mean, that cross he did for Naki Wells against uh, Luton, mm. the Luton home game. Yeah. Right, right on, onto it. See, they're going. And I really thought he was going to kick on from that. But he just, he just mm. res, resorts to I it, think I it? think the thing that Pring sorted out well is his fitness. And he was always he was, 60 minutes. He was always puff-blowing. Yeah. After 60. And I mean, we we always see him at his best on the Lansdowne side because it's the opening half with the advances. I thought he was quieter in the second half from an offensive point of view. Would you agree with that? No, I, th I think he, he got... Okay. I think, yeah, yeah, I think he got... That first half, when he... And he, it was just over Tommy's head, wasn't it? Yeah. And Cornet did a really great, you know, defensive header for them, which... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the 18-yard box. Brilliant. Thanks, man. He did his own Thanks version of Frontly Bear. In relation to it, you know, head like a 50-page yeah. piece type job. Yeah. Uh, but that was the afterburners that you're on about. And he, you, you're quite right, Dave. If He's got two two years left. He's got a year left and a year option, Frank. But if, yeah. you, if you were watching him at the moment, Ian's quite right as well, that he would certainly be a player you'd look at. Yeah, people are going to be aware of it. He, he, and City and and Nigel's had his moment. I know Nigel's given him his time, but Nigel's had his moments, and he might think, well, if I if somebody came in and bid three million for Cam Pring, no, they wouldn't take that, Dave. They wouldn't take that, wouldn't they? No, 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 it would have, it would have to be when, right. it, when it's two years. That, that three million is kind of like last year of contract yeah. job. Yeah, Neil. I mean, uh, let's we've still got that one game to go, but mm. should we? And with that one game to go, 
three points would make a, a marginal difference, but nine points out of the last 33, just as well we have that good run in the new year. Oh, absolutely. It? Absolutely. I mean, injuries have killed us a little bit with, with the Atkinson thing. I mean, now, now you're seeing Spring at um, the back and then Naismith in the middle. Mm. I think Scott plays so much better when he has Naismith alongside him in the middle because I don't think Scott's been particularly great for, you know, so, albeit he's been, he had the injury and such like, but I think the whole the whole thing's got to him a little bit. Yeah. The last couple of months, I would say, he's not been at his right. best the last few months and the whole thing sort of got to him a little bit, but he needs, he needs that sort of Naismith in the middle. So he can then go away and does it in his head. You see him sometimes he's trying too hard. Mm. He's trying too hard to make things happen. And you think if you had Naismith in the middle of midfield and okay, it's unfortunate he's got this calf problem and you just know with Naismith, even next season, he's going to be missing parts of the season. He's going to miss at least, at least 15 problem. games. Yeah, this calf problem is going to resurface. Because he's getting older. He's 32 next birthday, isn't he? Is it his third? 31. Was that his third calf injury of the season? I don't know. I don't know. Either way, he's missed. A second. Second, is it? Thank you. Um, I think he's. I think he started 22 league games. Yeah, it's not um, enough, really, is it? I mean, he's now 45. Yeah, it's... it's it's not great, but that that's your can... problem with the injuries, and they come at the same time. Yeah, so we've got centre backs getting injured at the same time. We've got central midfield players getting injured at the same time, and it's a pattern, and it will be repeated unless you replace and better those players. So the lad is coming down from Aberdeen who can play right centre back. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play as a holding midfield player alongside Naismith if we're going to persist with this 4-2-3-1 which I think we shouldn't I think we should go to a 4-1-3-2 because I think all of our if we're not going to sign a 9 all our strikers are better in a 2 not a 1 mm. but that's that's just my that's just my opinion but and it's brought about by the fact we stopped scoring goals first 8 games of the season we got 2 again and in the next uh, 36 37 games we scored about 35 so that I think that tells you all you need to know. Do you do you think Ian we're a bit samey up front, aren't we? If we look if we look at the players and yeah. we look at the forwards we have, when yeah. Antoine went, he was a differential. And okay, the only player I've seen similar to Semenyo this season, well, a couple of players perhaps. Um Ogbene from Rotherham yeah. couldn't get him off the ball. Pring was absolutely knackered. Yeah. <laughs> and James. Just couldn't, but very raw, very raw mm. again. And he's 25, you know. So, but he'll go top half championship because he's out of contract at the end of the season. He'll go, and maybe Brandon Asante at uh, West Brom as yeah. well. In that sort yeah. of a little bit of a differential, we're a bit samey up top. Well, I said, you know, I, I, the, I the type of players what... we have, and Ian, I correctly identified earlier on, you know, that that need to have. A physical presence up front, well, like, we don't, an, like an Adebayo. Yeah, but, but we don't have things. that. And I, I, I remember what I started yeah. wishing on about the Burnley podcast I was on this week, previewing the game with strikers. And you can perm any three from bloody seven, but none of them, and none of them are really give strong. you. But it's it's like when the England football team back in the days of Lampard and Gerrard and mm. and, and all that lot. You know, you could pick teams of. Equal ability, but there was not one, and there's none of those strikers, none of those strikers, maybe with the exception of Conway. Yeah, but you'd say he's my first pick. I think Conway's down there. Conway, yeah, Conway's 
Conway's made it. Con- Conway's, Conway's made it. And somebody might come in for him. He'll he'll be a twenty. He'll be a twenty goal a season next yeah. year. Yeah, if okay. he stays fit, he'll be. What a you've t- got with what you've got with Conway and Bell is they're two of the best natural finishers you'll see. Bell needs to be playing down the middle, not yeah. on the, not on the left. Although I think he's done really well there. Um, and and Conway is a central striker, but they're all better in a two. So unless you're going to go out and sign a nine, a proper nine. You know, somebody, uh, somebody like Rodriguez or I, uh, you know, the players I like, we wouldn't get them. But you've got Goyker is it, it Coventry is the type of player we need, and he's that differential. I mean, they've got smaller blokes at Coventry like uh, Matty Godden who can play next to him, but that's the type of player who's going to hold the ball up because we keep losing it because they haven't got. Don't be wrong, they're strong for their size, but they they're not as strong as somebody like. A Paul Cheesley that we've had, uh, a Robbie Turner who wasn't the best footballer you'll ever see, but by but God, God was he a perfect forward for Bob Taylor back in the day? Yeah, I'm good in both penalty areas. He was the best defender of set pieces we've had in the history of the club, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's if you look at the, the side next week, it, it's a time uh, for QPR. That's a time when when he's he's got. A, I mean, he's got to play Callas from the start, whether he only lasts 60 minutes or whatever, because like you said, he knows what he can do. He doesn't need to see him in training. And then he's going to have to make a decision. And it's uh, it's really how much of a risk you want to take. We're in another Nathan Baker situation, aren't we? Well, I don't think it's as acute as Nathan Baker. Mm-hmm. but well, Dave, I, he's already kicked a ball in 12 No, months. but Nathan Baker had head injuries, and that's always a bit more susceptible. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just Only saying. this season he had head injuries. The other seasons, he how many times did he go off before half time? Other seasons? Oh, loads of times, yeah. So he was, yeah. An absolute, yeah. and it wasn't his head; it was everything else. Like an eyelash or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah, like an eyelash. All right, look, let's move. Look, we've done the game. <coughs> I've we just said, we just said yeah. about Callas for a moment. Mm. They want, they want to give him a contract, don't they? I, I mean, you, just you, like, do, you, you do not put him on the bench yesterday if he's definitely leaving, do you? So they're hoping still was definitely leaving, and he was on the bench. So I think Pearson's just trying to win the game. Simple as that. There there is no reason if Callas is leaving, if we if we are absolutely miles away in terms of contract offers, if there's no chance that Callas is staying next season, why do you put him on the bench instead of Mometi yesterday? Well, you could say the same for Jada Silva, and and he is definitely leaving. We hear, and he would have been gone if we'd have been able to get the lad from Wimbledon. So, but, but you bring Callas. Jade Silva's been fit though, hasn't he? And he's been oh, part yeah. of the squad. He's yeah. been part of the eighteen pretty much most of the and, season. And, and Callas, they... bringing Callas back for the home game and putting him on the bench. Well, you have one or other. You don't. I to some extent you don't have both because you've got the worry that Naismith could break down and then Pring would go inside and Jade Silva comes on. Yeah, or Callas uh, comes on and plays centre back. Why not that? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So it's strange, and I think he's got a little bit of a soft spot for him. I think he likes him, but it's he says know, he's got his own unique style. Okay, yeah. So Ian, well, you weren't there. I'll ask you this, Neil. Twenty-four thousand people in the crowd. Oh, and Christ. 2,900 from Burnley who made a lot of noise. Was that 2,000? Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they gave them both. That's the biggest away that I've seen this year. Well, more than 2,000. That what was given 2,009. They gave them But the then there's 14,000 season ticket holders, so that's 17,000. 7,000 yeah, pounds a day? There's 16,000. 
decent to Golders. I thought, is it 16 no, or 14? No, you know how many it's I about? think it's, well, I, I'm not trying to be middle for diddle here, but I think it's about, with what we sold in January, I think it's about 14, 5, 14, 6. <coughs> Well, let's call it 15 and be generous. Right. That's still 6,000 people, as near as damn it, pay on the day. Well, the ground looked on the TV. The Dorman stand looked full. Like, obviously, you can't see the Williams because that's where the camera is. The way in, the, the way in, they were two lots of empty seats at, at the far left and far right of it. Um, and the south stand looked look quite full. When what they, the, the what does the land look like? Good to give it a name, check um, the Williams in, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. The upper land sound looks about a half full. The upper land sound above you. So, so that's where the family areas and stuff like that. But it's bank holiday. Kid, the kids were going in there because there was a bloke but, with three kids. Kids were in for a fiver yesterday in the Lansdowne. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's always difficult because the south stand is completely sold out in its season tickets. So you look across, but there's always gaps in the south yeah. stand unless yeah. it's Man City. As right? a and then and then you look there and you think. Okay, but actually that seat has been sold, so that seat's going to be counted. Oh, so of course, all the empty seats are still going to be counted, even if. But it's still a decent. It's still a decent. Uh, it's still a decent. I, I, I'm I'm surprised that it wasn't over three thousand for Burnley yesterday because we actually allowed them. It looked like you know we'd allowed them, them to have entry. everything. Normally, yeah. normally yeah. it's like two thousand seven hundred. I mean, I mean how many times? I remember when we played Birmingham that time when Steve Cottrell came back with Harry Redknapp on the bench, and yeah. we had. 26,000. That was, I think, the biggest attendance for a league game at Ashton Gate. And we didn't show up and we let the buggers win 1 0. And, you know, you put on a show yesterday in the first half, as you said, I think we were abject. Mm. I mean, Ian, we're told at the moment 10,000 season tickets have been sold, 11,000 season tickets have been sold. Do you think the activity in the transfer market over the next three months will determine? whether we beat last season or do you think, as you've said many times, we've all said cost of living and everything like that, there is going to be a little bit of a, a, a an effect where people are pulling their purses in? I think you get your, if you like, you've got your 11,000, I'll call them diehards. They wouldn't have all been there if we'd have been relegated, for example. But let's just say you've got those. You've got other people who are hanging on to the last minute and, and they'll do things like the um, stage payments and, and, and stuff like that. Cost of living crisis is is bound to bite and it's already biting a lot of people that that, that I know and anecdotally uh, from Twitter and all, all kinds of other stuff. Um, so I, I think my, the answer to your question is when we start bringing the transfers in at the start of May and let's say... We bring in the talkies, Joe Bryan, Ross McCrory. Um, and funny enough, next Sunday, I'm going to a Maritimo um, game with a Maritimo season ticket holder. Um, and uh, just just as just a, a side, a season ticket for Maritimo in the Portuguese Premier League is 60 quid. Um, so it's... Uh, it, and they get about eleven thousand. The ground's about the same. The ground's about it's better, but it's the same about the same size as is uh, the men. But that's that's a aside. I think people will then um, buy um, buy their season tickets. I think we should get to it, but I think the summer is very important. It's, this is a massive, massive summer for Nigel Pearson and the club, uh, and the first couple of months of next season. 
Well, really are well, I, I, I want to finish on that in a second. Uh, just yeah. two things I want to pick up on. Uh, well, th- two points uh, here, which you, you mentioned, Joe Bryant. I want to talk about Alex Scott and the potential move. And then you didn't hear it in detail, Ian, but you've read enough about it. Neil's heard it all. I played the bit that I missed this morning. It's a Steve Lansdowne interview. But uh, Ian, you mentioned Joe Bryant. Um, Neil, Joe Bryant... I was a little bit meh about Joe Bryan and I put on there that he did it when he always did it for the big games like against Rovers, against Man United, scored the two goals in the playoff final, put Fulham up. Yeah, he's he's a bright lad. And I said he's only in football for the money. And somebody, this is what I put on oh, Tim. He's in it for the money because right. it pays well. He's a bright, intelligent lad. I think yeah. he went to QEH. His dad's a surgeon. And if you're going to follow in your dad's footsteps or be an accountant or be a footballer, which you're quite decent at, footballer, last five years, four, five years now, on 50 grand a week, stay. Yeah, he's made the right choice. But he's somebody that would probably read a book rather than watch Quest highlights. That would be my view. And I don't know well, the what are you basing that on? Just just what you read. That he's yeah. he's a thinking man's he's a thinking person's footballer. Ah. But I actually <laughs> said, I actually said if he did come back, yeah. and I always thought it's a bit like Lee Johnson always being manager. You know, this Lansdowne thing, they get fixation with people. Mm. I could see Joe coming back and Joe playing in front of Cam Pring mm. in that type of role, I think that wouldn't be too bad. Because I always thought at fullback, he was exposed. I made a point of watching Fulham, yeah. well, the highlights, whenever Fulham played, and he, he, he switches off to, too much from me. Oh, line of defense. He, he was, so he, what, would he, you welcome Joe coming back? Because I'm saying, yes, as long as it's in front of Cam Pring, not instead of Cam How Pring. old is he now? Got to be 30. The... The Joe Bryan, look, he, he's had a very good career with Fulham since he's left. Yeah, well, he's at Nice at the but, moment. And not but other, other than the fact that De Silva, uh, sorry, De Silva, Silva has obviously looked at him and thought, no, he's not going to be part of my premiership team. And that's why he's gone up to, to South of France. But he was frustrating at times, wasn't yeah. he? I mean, he was very, very good, obviously, in that 14-15 season. But then that squad was in the wrong division, wasn't it? He goes up to the championship and he actually got dropped for a period of time. Mm. And that he was out, you know, 16, 17 season. Yeah. 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 I mean, he he wasn't he wasn't part of it. And then, you know, is there a player there? Absolutely. Is he consistent? Not really. Can I see him being a Nigel Pearson type? I don't know, because what Nigel Pearson likes is somebody who's going to put all the effort in the whole time, gonna you know, really be up and in their face, you know, you know the Nigel Pearson type character now. Joe Bryan for me, how many times over the years have we seen him jogging back? Yeah. When we lose the ball and and they strike... You're not a fan. That's fine. It's not not that I'm not a fan. No, look, you're pointing out his limitations. I'm I'm pointing out what is is it in it for us and for Joe Bryan to come back. If you're talking about... He just wants an easy life. Well, and he'll be back and if he comes, at home. And then back and then he'll, home, and he'll, 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 and he'll bang in a goal. Help. He'll bang in the old goal. He'll yeah. score a goal against well, Leeds. Gonna, if they come down, and help oh, he's one of our own and all that bollocks. Sorry, but, 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 but if, if Ian, what do you what do you say? I mean, Neil's 
being more critical than I am. But there's yeah. this, oh, well, let's bring him back. He's one of our own. And oh, well, yeah, for me, the Dave, people. they're the same people. Just, Sorry. Dave, just, whoa, whoa, just hang, hang on. on. Let, me finish. let me finish. No, I'm saying to you, Ian, let me finish. <laughs> right? They're the same people that want Joe Bryan back. I think, oh, we've got to be thankful that we're halfway in the championship. We'd all settle for that. Hmm. Over to you, Ian. Who are these people? I never hear from them. Yeah, they're, they're, the they're living rent free. Mate, you need to you need to get some counselling. They're living rent free in your head. <laughs> Honest to God, look, Joe Bryan has got five years' experience in the Premier League and League Up, right? How many of our players have got that? Right, none. Thomas Callas, not, not many. So let's just Andy James, think, Andy King. I think he'd be a good addition to the squad, and. Fair enough. He's experienced. What's, what can he do? He can edible. Yeah, we got Cam Pring. What if Cam gets injured? Oh, dear, we haven't got a fullback. Is he a better replacement than Jada Silva? Absolutely. Can he get on like getting on the far post like a wing back or a fullback should when you're attacking and edit the ball? Yeah. Can he cross the ball with both feet? Yeah. That'll do for me. And okay. he's a decent defender. What do you want? Look, he's a, it's a free signing. He's not. He's coming back to Bristol, so he knows he's got. With the way it is down there now, you've got to fit in within the. Um, you've got to fit in within the structure, the wage structure. Callas will have to do the same if they think it's a risk. It's it's all about managing risk. They might think, do you know what? Sorry, Tom, lovely kid, and all that, and love to have you here, but I can't have you here playing four games of football a season, and we won't insult you by offering you. <coughs> so. You know, uh, it'll be that, or they say, right, he's fit, he's going to go, but how disappointed are everybody going to be if it if we rock up at the start of next season? Oh, Tom's got a slight niggle because that's how it started before, mm. a minor procedure, and then we don't we hardly see him for twelve months. So that has got to be managed. But Joe Bryan, yeah, terrific. All right, okay. Um, and what is the source for this anyway? It was a thread that was running, and he's out of contract this summer, isn't he? Here we go. It was a thread that was running. Was there it, we are. Was it, just, was it just somebody saying, oh, how about Joe Bryan? No, it was a thread that started earlier this year. No, it's real. It, it is real. Up. Yeah, from, from half-decent sources. Yeah. For example... I'm sure you know, we're talking to 30, 40 players at the moment. I'm sure really. we are. I'm sure. You, you, know that, you know that Rob Atkinson... Um, it's just extended his, his contract. Basically, they've extended it by a year to allow for the fact that he's going to be out for a year injured, right? Mm. I knew about that uh, eight days ago. Didn't tell anybody, didn't post it, because the person who told me told me to keep quiet about it. So I did. So, um, it, it, uh, but the Joe Bryan thing, they say, is real. So yeah. I, I, I and trust... I, and I can see... Well, that come the 1st of June. Am I going to be... Pulling me air out and heartbroken um, if it doesn't happen. No, because sometimes, you know, the player changes mind, his missus don't like it, but why wouldn't he want to come back to where we are now? No, I agree. I agree. I can see that happening. Scott going out through the door. I mean, Ian, you said about Scott, you've said two, well, you said a number of things. Uh, and today you've said he's got things going round in his head, which he yeah. has. But you've also said critically, you know, was it one goal, two assists? This season, yeah, I'm I'm saying for Scott to go, let's take the money and run because you know if he if I, I hope that we sell him 
in the first week of May, because our worst case scenario, and you know it just happened with Bristol City, he'll go away with England under 20s and he'll do his bloody ACL playing for them, not playing for us. And you said, Ian, don't play him against QPR. We want to keep him in cotton wool and get the money now because I'm not seeing a player and I haven't for weeks other than, as I put on OTIP, the odd shimmy, one or two worldy passes. It was a worldy yesterday, but for all the wrong reasons and lots of fouls won. But I'm a little bit Emperor's New Clothes with Alex. I'm not denying his talent. I think when he gets to the Premier League, he'll hold his own there. Yeah, it depends what sort of club he goes to because if it's top six or top eight, It'll probably be a loan back, maybe not to us, but maybe to somebody else. Do, do, do you agree with me in that let's get the money for Scott early? Yeah, because then once we know how much we've got for Scott, it will dictate the calibre of player that we bring in. And I'm more excited about the players that we're going to sign, I don't know who they are yet, than I'm worried about losing Alex Scott. So what do you say to that opinion? You first, yes. same to you, Neil. The calibre of players that we sign will be dictated by what we can pay in wages and what we're prepared to pay in wages. So is the Alex Scott money important? I agree that we should get the deal done ASAP, but that might not be the way it happens because what looks like is happening is a bit of a bidding war. Now, City's preferred option is to sell and then loan back. All right, and that's come out in a couple of not credible sources, but two credible ones. So they'd like to loan him back. And I think that it depending on the club he goes to. Now, let's say he went somewhere like Liverpool or Newcastle. He isn't going to get regular first team football there yet. So I could see a loan back being feasible. <coughs> and then you get into Pearson's and Tinian's argument about why should we develop another club's player? So uh, then they're they're talking about uh, Jake O'Brien from Palace being one of the ones we 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 bring in, but that is a permanent deal, not because uh, he's out of contract in the season's time, uh, not alone. So could I see that happening? Yes, that's the preferred option. Now, if a club like Brighton uh, bought him, I could see him not being loaned back. Mm. Some talk about clubs from abroad. And it, it, it's emerged that uh, he's been watched by RB Leipzig, AS Monaco, um, Atalanta was a, a, another one. Atalanta haven't got that kind of money. Um, RB Leipzig have. Um, so have Monaco. Uh, um, so have Dortmund if they sell Jude uh, Bellingham for 120 odd million. So, and, and I think Dortmund would be a good club for him to go to because they're great at developing young English players mm. Mm. Um, or young players. So, uh, yes, it, it would be our preferred option to get it done early. But I would say, will we be able to? It's up to the buying club and how, how hardball City want to play it. One, I mm. would like it done. I'd like it done tomorrow, to be perfectly honest, because then it's out of the way and... It's, it's done and we know where we are. And and as well as that, I want Alex to know where he is uh, because he's one of those people are saying best player we've ever had. And what I've said is not yet. Okay. He may develop into the best player we've never had. We've ever had. So let's give the lad a chance. It's up to him. If I was his agent or even his dad, I'd, I'd be saying to him, 
look at the club. Sheffield United haven't got the money, even when they go in the Premier League, because they haven't even got an owner sorted out yet properly. Um, so it, you can, I think you could you could look around at clubs like Wolves and think, well, uh, yeah, do I go there? Everton, you're yeah. going to go there at the moment? No, right. Uh, Tottenham are a basket case at the moment. Oh, who, who we just well, we we've had really successful managers. What have they won for you? Nothing. Right. Uh, how about the guy you got there? Oh, you just got rid of the guy you got banned. I didn't realise this. Got banned for match fixing in in 2012. He's gone. So that seems to me. And and oh, by the way, the manager all your fans want. He's going to sign for Chelsea, one of your greatest yeah. rivals. Yeah. Oh, thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. I would one, go one, there. One, so my my question is: Yes, if you can do it, get yes. it done. But it may not happen like that, Dave. No, so, no, no. I realise that. And Neil, Neil, same question. To you, really, you know, you, 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 Scott's gonna go, but I prefer him to go early. Yeah, and I think I think what we've, 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 we've got our wage structure, and Ian's absolutely hundred percent right. We've got our wage structure. We need to stick to that wage structure with inside of it, and that's always been a problem. When we agreed deals for Andre Gray before and Dwight Gale and stuff like that, the fees were. What we do is if we sell a player, we're able to pay some transfer fees, Yeah, generally. Although, you know, the Atkinson money came up and we had mm. a little bit of scope on that back in the day. But we were able to pay a little bit of money on transfer fees and that might make a difference in general. But a player still has to fit with inside our wage structure. And obviously the wage structure, just like I think Gould said, didn't he, has come down about 30% or something like that. The average wage in a championship oh. or something like that with it. Mm. Has come down, so that that needs we need to bring down our operating costs are far far too high, and that's a massive differential. But also our, our budgets, mm. you know, our playing budgets are far too high. Still, that needs to come down as well in relation to it. the Scott thing for me. You bring back a player, he's who's gone. You bring him back a player, he's almost like a loan player, isn't he? Yeah. And if you bring Scott back, it means if you buy somebody, are they going to be playing, or is Alex Scott going to be playing? So the player that you buy to replace Scott, so say, yeah, we sell Scott. Then you bring in a nice young centre midfielder. Is he going to get the game time? No, he's not going to get the game time because we've got Alex Scott playing in the middle, who's not our player. But, who is, is but, hang, on, is but hang on, but picking up on Ian's narrative that mm. we need two players in every position, right? And you have a star, and you have a star plus, plus six, plus all right, plus your six. Yeah, and Ian said a moment ago about developing another, developing another club's player. Look at Tammy Abraham, right? We developed Tammy Abraham to be the player that he eventually became. But the fact of the matter was, he scored the goals that kept us in the bloody division. Yeah, but he, correct. he went, to, he went to Swansea correct. afterwards and did not actually. No, that's what in, in relation to, but yeah, uh, but, but, he, but he went to Swansea as a Premier League signing. They were in the Premier League for Swansea, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were. And I don't, I don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong. No, I'm not. But for Alex Scott this year, I I just feel like the Alex Scott saga really is a little bit. Is he an, an exceptional player? Yeah, yes. he's a, he's a very good player. I'm probably a bit more happy than, with him than you are. No, I'm not but, unhappy. But, I'm just saying, but, I think but, it's a little bit of style over but, but, it, but it's kind of, if you were to ask me now, 
who our player of the season is. Wouldn't be him. I wouldn't be him. No. I, I would say if we're looking at where they've come from to where they are now. Zach Viner. Zach Viner or Campering. Yeah, there you go. And Matt, you agree with that? And Matty James. And Matty James. But playing consistently. Yeah. But since we've gone to... Would you agree with that, Ian? Is, is Alex Scott, you know, the, he's the EFL player of the year, but he's not Neil's and he's certainly not mine's Bristol City player of the year. Is he yours? Young player of the year. He wasn't the player of the year. Um, he... Uh, da, 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 da. I think if someone's just commented on here, um, it, if you're buying Scott, you're buying potential, and that's quite right. I, with every forward, I'm looking for two things in the main. Uh, I'm looking for uh, assists and goals with our forwards. So if we sign some lazy so-and-so who doesn't track back, doesn't do this, but he scores 30 goals and gets 15 assists next season, he'll do for me. Well, you we've, got, have we've, got, we've got that player, it. Harry Cornick. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if Cornick comes back next season and gets 20 goals and 20 assists, there'll be nobody, and I mean nobody, more happy than me. Yeah. I, I just can't... I got. I can only tell you what I'm seeing, and and, and I'm not seeing that yet. I, like I say, there's a player in his head, but he, he can't he can't deliver um, at the moment. So I, I, I'm looking for that for those players. Now, all these other things like work rate, attitude, da -da, yeah, they're good to haves, right? But the key thing to have, we must be in a position where we can score more than one goal a game. And Alex Scott, you're buying him on potential. And that's why I say at the moment, he wouldn't get in Liverpool's first team. He wouldn't get in Newcastle's first team, bearing in mind, that they're going to be signing fifty million pound players to play in central midfield. Newcastle might be sending signing hundred million pound players. So with Scotty, I agree with you. He hasn't got enough goals and assists. He said that himself. He's only got one league goal. So for a player of his talent, and he's got it there. I mean, look at the first half, for example, that he had at Blackburn this season. Ran the game, start to finish. Yeah. And when you get away fans raving about players then you know you've got a player. I think, Ian, I think to some extent, well, a couple of things. First of all, um, answer the question, who's your player of the season for us? Your Zach player. Viner. Okay, fair enough. And then the second question, is Alex Scott for us, his age and everything, a little bit like Hanoa Masengo was? Because um, somebody's put on here, if we can get 20 million, we have to take it, as he may not develop into the player his potential suggests, which is a bit like Masengo. Agreed? I think his stock is as high as it's going to be now. Correct. Therefore, I, I cannot... Everybody's... He is the main focus, isn't he? Yeah. Is it? Was he the young player of the season in Championship? Yes. Oh, was it? It's just Championship. Championship, yes. Just Championship, young player. And, and, and getting... There, a, there so, sorry, guys. This business about developing other teams' players, right... A lot of the teams that we played, and I haven't seen an away game this season, a lot of the teams that we played at Ashton Gate, their star player or the difference between the sides has often been the uh, player or players that they've had on loan from Premier yeah. League clubs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's... Sheffield United being a great example. Great example. And other clubs as well. One name I just want to throw in for transfers before we finish, just by talking about Steve Lansdowne's uh, interview... 
Um, a player that we were linked with, and they're going to be hard pressed for cash. I just say quick yes or no from each of you. You first in that lad Yates, who plays up front for Blackpool, scored a decent number of goals this season in a side that is now relegated. Be a, be a, be a no from me. We've already got that type of player in abundance. All right, I so say I wasn't aware of his physique or anything like Jer that. Jerry Yates. Jerry yeah, Yates. When, when they played us, I don't. He missed the sitter, yeah. and I don't think he scored for about four months. No. Okay. Uh, Neil? I think Ian's answered it, really. No. No. Okay. He's and not, where's that? He's not a dick. Where's that Josh, where's that Josh Madger playing now, the Sunderland lad who went abroad for a bit? Where did he end up? Don't know, mate. He's on loan in a championship at, is it Middlesbrough? Or Stoke? Stoke. Stoke on loan. Doesn't matter. Not okay. Pulling, not pulling right. up trees. Not pulling up Steve trees. Lansdowne uh, was on with Jeff yesterday. Great send-off for Jeff from... Uh, Lots of people. I signed the card and what have you. Um, and Jeff's last appearance in the commentary box at uh, at uh, Ashton Gate. Uh, but he did, as he does so well, his interview with uh, Steve Lansdowne. Um, Steve Lansdowne uh, said a lot without saying very much. I mean, you've heard the interview, Neil. What what were your what were your outtakes from it? The usual thing with Steve Lansdowne, really, isn't it? It's, it's a bit same old, same old. I think um, I think what's good in it is that there's obviously a relationship between him and Pearson where Pearson isn't going to put up with any and has told him a few home truths, isn't yeah. it, in relation to it. And I think that is a healthy relationship to actually have. If you were like a, a chairman, you were an owner of a business, you don't want people to tell you everything's great you want people to tell you where things are going wrong. He had the wall pulled over his eyes by Ashton in mm -hmm. relation to this sales technique and, you know, second-hand car dealer approach of buying 10 cars for every really expensive car that you buy. Now he's got somebody there who's going to do the home truce and everything with him and is going to tell him, and I, I guarantee you, Pearson has probably told him a few things that he didn't want to hear. Mm -hmm. And he still has that. He doesn't like it, does he? Which is why... Why he started going on about Robbins? Oh, Robbins. Robbins, oh my well, man, my man. But then that that kind of the uh, Michael Appleton Ashton, it, it's too chummy, isn't it? It's too chummy. Come on, you do you, do you want somebody underneath you, Steve, who is just going to be easy to handle and tell you what you want to hear, or do you want to have somebody underneath you who's going to challenge you, who's really going to sort of push it, but do it in a way that Cottrell didn't do it? Yeah, then they Cottrell just, was pedant. Cottrell, Cottrell just went. At him, didn't he? And then they had the falling out. Whereas, you know, Pearson is obviously highlighted to him where our failings are as a club, yeah. and that there's a and he's able to do it in a way that demonstrate these are the areas that we need to improve. Sometimes there's hard truths. Yeah, tough love. Tough, tough love. love. Tough love. But it's always and um, remains his train set. Um, uh, Ian, would you agree with what uh, uh, what what Neil's just said? Hello. Yeah, I said you agree with what you you. I think before we went uh, before we started recording, you said it's good to have an element of tension between manager and owner. Uh, no, you, no, you you don't want. No, I didn't say that, Dave. You you don't want tension. What I said is you don't want a father son relationship like it was with Lee and a my best mate I I I've ever had relationship with Gary. Um, it 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 doesn't it doesn't work and i've worked for very rich men 
like Stephen Lansdowne. And believe you me, they do not like to be told they're wrong. And there's a whole, you can look it up on the internet. There's a whole, it's like the reaction somebody gives to a critical illness. Where, oh, oh, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Potier, but uh, you've got cancer. And all of a sudden, the first thing is they go into denial. And then there's a realisation. And then they come out. It's exactly the same with mega rich owners. And, and, and they're both dead now, but I still won't, won't name them on here for obvious reasons. But I work with them. And that's exactly what happens. They don't like. They don't like that. They don't want the truth yeah. in a lot of cases. And yeah. even when you demonstrate it to them, because you, you especially when, as I did once, you demonstrate to them the fact that you could have saved them 15 million quid. And 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 then they go no no you you couldn't look how look how wealthy we are yeah but you could be fifteen million quid wealthier if you'd have done it done this no yeah. no no we're not yeah we're not having that well all right okay I think that's great uh, it could like Neil said in one of you's got to go and, and guess which one it is um, and I've been in that situation as well. Um, so you know uh, i think it's it's healthy uh, providing it's respectful and uh but until there's a lot more flesh on the bones you know like i said earlier dave who's going to buy it what exactly are they buying if i'm investing i stick 30 million quid in what do i get what's my surety against that investment or am i just taking a punt um and it does it include the infrastructure is it all of bristol sport is it just bristol city what, what so saying that we're talking with somebody and i don't know if it's um if they're in deep talks in terms of the sense you know like with man united they had four or five rounds of bidding and in each stage you got given more information about where the club was financially this is the debt we've got this is where it is. This is the. These are the costs. You're going to have to spend this on the stadium. This kind of thing. Um, yeah. No. He. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Um, he and your sound was going a little bit there. He. He said they're talking to one investor at the moment who's overseas. But as somebody's put on here uh, on the thread, I think it's uh, Red Robin. Steve Lanza made it sound like he's been talking to an investor. That's a time waster. There's ongoing discussion why, why do you put the money on the table put your money on the table or not and i think personally for what it's yeah but you've got to know what you're buying dave of course but i think we're a little bit you more know. we're yeah of course and we talked about this on the podcast i think we're less of a complex acquisition than oh yeah united but in terms of what you're buying personally i don't think anybody unless they're mad is going to put in 40 million quid uh, for for what? I mean, that's just well, like for twenty percent. But no, nobody's going to invest for a minority state. No. And he mentioned the word minority at the start of the interview. Yeah. The start of the question. Nobody's going to do that. Waste of money. It's like if I won, if I won the lottery, if I won the lottery tomorrow, and uh, I got, let um, uh, just get rid of that. If I won the lottery tomorrow with forty hundred million quid, yeah, and uh, I won the lottery with a hundred million quid. And putting thirty million to Bristol City, it wouldn't buy me control. So why would I put thirty million quid in? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know. Yeah, you'd be. You, there's a difference between an owner 
and an investor and a benefactor. And yeah. so until we know a hell of a lot more, and I mean a hell of a lot more, um, I'll, I'll take that with a pinch of salt. And I think it's I'd honestly, hardly, we've hardly moved on from when he was on uh, the, the on with the guys from Three Peeps and said, we're looking for additional investment. And then that set a load of errors running. Oh, it, I mean, he did say at the senior Reds lunch, I, you know, he would sell the whole shooting match for the right amount of money, but without mentioning what the right amount of money is. Well, he's not going to, he's not. And all this talk with Man United at the moment, nobody sat here knows, despite all the publicity, what the actual amount of money is that the I, Middle Eastern or Sir Jim Rackham. Well, it's, it's the amount they want is six billion. It was valued by one, um, I think it was um, Bloomberg took a look at everything and from what they could work out, they valued it at 600 million. Yeah. So, it's so it's a, it's a vanity, you're, it's you're, a vanity, you're buying, you're buying potential. I think with the landstand thing for me, the sports village gets built. That's yeah. the legacy. Yeah. I think and they could spot, keep all the real estate and just, I think the sports village gets built. The project is complete. That's where I could see the landstands moving away at that time. Because he's, you know, it's yeah. what, two, three years. You start building there, the basketball, the conference, that sports village, all the rest of it. At the moment, if you didn't need to sell at the moment and you had this big project and you were really emotionally involved in a project to the sports village and, and everything, and you're making all that money on the to fund it mm. via the homes building down the road and mm. stuff like that in it, that that is that feels like a legacy project. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure that you would walk away at this moment from a legacy project. No. If you didn't need to, if you're in your seven years, no. you're thinking, I'm I haven't finished yet. You'd be there going, I haven't finished yet. What I need to do is just a sports village. Let's get that finished. And then maybe right. is the time to step back. Yeah. Okay. Look, guys, it's uh it's uh time to wrap up. Um QPR games on Monday, and is that correct? Yes. It is correct. Monday afternoon. So we'll do our review of that Monday tea time-ish or something like that. Um, going to hey, and, and Neil's going to the game. Yeah. 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 Well, you can maybe phone in afterwards unless we do it the following morning. Well, we can talk about that right. during the week. You're still abroad next week, Ian, aren't you? Yeah. I am. Yeah. I'll, uh, the next morning would be would be better for me, Dave, if you wouldn't would mind. Uh, okay. the Tuesday. Tuesday um, morning. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Back about 10 o'clock in the morning, yeah, something like that. That's time. absolutely super. Usual sort of time. Well, look, everybody, thanks for uh, listening. Those that have joined us on Zoom, not many, but it's a new platform for us. Apologies for the sound problems. I think that's just because Ian has been doing it from uh, abroad. But uh, we'll get this uploaded on uh, all the usual platforms by uh, lunchtime uh, today. But uh, everybody, uh, thanks a lot for listening to our penultimate episode of uh, this season. Have a good week and have a good conversation. Cheers, There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again. 
singing a song when the river robins are ba ba bobbing along. Red Robin comes bob bob bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if vibe and blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.